Hi, I'm Daniel J. Lewis, creator of MyPodcastReviews.com, and you're listening to The App Guy. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of The App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. I I do this podcast so it helps you as a potential app entrepreneur. So if you're thinking about getting into this space or you're even already working in it and you need some expertise, then I bring the guests to you so that they really help you with your journey. And today I have the co-founder of uh, and CMO of TapDAC. Uh, so you'll be able to see all the links if you just go to theappguy.co and it's episode 263. His name is uh, Dom Bratcher. And he's here to talk uh, us through what he's doing with the mobile ad network. Because I know TapDAC is a community-driven mobile ad network, and you can also use it for cross-promotion. So, Dom, a really warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for a great introduction, Paul. Um, Yeah, terrifically interesting space to be in, and and great to be here. Well, I have to start by saying you're you're one of the first I've interviewed from King's Cross in London. It's quite nice that uh, I used to spend a lot of time around there. Tell us about your location and your office. What's it it like? Yeah, it's it's a hectic place to be in London, as I'm sure you know. Um, We recently moved into our space in in King's Cross, right next to the train station here. Um, And we're very lucky, actually, to be having office space uh, in our our VC's office, uh, Boulders and Capital, um, and yeah, we've, we've been here now for nearly two months. So we've just made a, a sort of short ride across from Shoreditch, uh, which is where we were for sort of six months or so. Um, and yeah, we've got a great office space here, uh, lots of really inspirational people around. So it's, it's a great place to be growing a business. I can imagine it, it does look quite trendy as well. You know, all this, the uh, office space around there, it, it's, uh, I, they've converted a lot of the old buildings. It, it, does it look and feel like a startup? Uh, it, it does actually. What's really interesting is um, what you mentioned now is this is actually a converted stable which we're in at the moment. So it's um, it's a really really great space to be in. It's very light, very open, um, and yeah, I, I think being right next to King's Cross as well, we get a lot of sort of um, yeah e- experienced entrepreneurs coming in and out um, that can share knowledge with us. So it's um, it's, it's a great location, and yeah, it's a very sort of um, chilled out atmosphere as well, which is which is nice. I want to pick up a bit later about the uh, the VC side of it and and what you're uh, doing there. But first, let's talk about TapDAG and uh, you know what, what is it uh, you're actually offering uh, and to the mobile community. Sure. So TapDAG is a direct marketing network, um, and we have developers to grow their apps by trading installs with other developers um, or by sort of cross promoting our own network of of applications. Um, we're a platform which is very much built on transparency. Uh, so what I mean by that is that in our marketplace, developers can see exactly sort of what the estimated number of installs is that they'll be trading between applications. It's it's very transparent and totally see through, which I think is uh, one of the sort of biggest pain points with with a lot of other networks. Yeah. So as far as I understand, then Dom, uh, how you can help anyone listening to this who has their own app is that you can offer them the ability to uh, what buy installs or cross promote their apps, and uh, and you're a very transparent uh, platform. Yeah, so you can't actually buy installs at the moment on TapDAC. Everything's based on uh, tra- the trading of installs between uh, applications and developers. Um, but yeah, it, it's a super sort of transparent marketplace. So you can b- basically just browse through, see exactly which application on the platform, which are most compatible to you, um, and, and start a sort of conversation and, and a direct deal off the back of that. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, you can see exactly which ads and, and what targeting 
um, other applications called a desire and, and how that f- fits in with your own application. I guess that's where you're different from, you know, perhaps other networks in that it is a trading platform. Do you, do you feel that's your unique selling point? To, to some extent, yes. I think, you know, the vast majority of ad networks are powered by real-time bidding exchanges um, where you do get this race to the top culture of, you know, the, the larger developers constantly trying to bid against one another um, in, in order to buy up all the inventory. Um, but I think that's, that's not to say that there aren't other uh, direct platforms out there at the moment. Um, you know, Chartboost being an example of one which has been around for a while um, and, and one which we often get compared to. But I think where Tapdike's different fundamentally is that transparent element, um, which, which I've kind of briefly mentioned already. Um, you know, it's, it's a completely fair way of trading installs. You know, we do cap um, the trading of installs on a one-to-one basis if developers want that. So you can never be in a situation where you send a thousand installs to somebody else and only get left with ten back. Because um, I think that's a problem which has been in the industry for, for some time. Um, and, and other than that, we're, we're also the first totally native um, direct advertising platform as well, which has been a huge challenge to build. But um, I think it's something which the industry desperately needs. Now, Don, this is a really uh, aspirational goal that you've had. You know, I mean, to come in and, and compete in a very competitive and fierce market. I mean, how did you come up with the idea and, and how did you get the support for it? Sure. Yeah, I, I think it is a, a hugely competitive space. I mean, you, you'd barely see a week go by where there's you know a new type of ad network out there. Um, but I think what's really interesting about the team here at Tabdeck is every single one of us has genuinely experienced a problem which we're trying to solve. Um, you know, myself, I started out by building that marketing agency in my last year of college when I was 18. Um, and I sort of over a two-year period worked with over 50 indie developers around the world. Um, and it was that experience that really gave me the insight into what problems were, you know, in the industry, the challenges. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess the kind of evolution of mobile advertising and this race to the top culture is something which we all desperately want to try and disrupt. Um, because there are so many genuinely great applications out there which just aren't getting the, uh, I guess, the exposure they deserve. Um, and yet one of the best ways of generating exposure without incurring those huge costs is cross-promotion and using your own sort of user base to generate traffic. Um, and yet we just wanted to build a super easy-to-use platform which um, yeah, overcame all the sort of challenges which currently exist in the industry. Yeah, let's talk about those problems because I know that a lot of people listening right now will uh, you know, love to hear someone else talk about the problems that they face as, as app entrepreneurs. And I mean, I, I can imagine... The biggest one is not earning enough uh, from direct sales of your app or from the in-app purchasing. So you do have to look at uh, other alternative ways to promote, to attract the installs. Have you got a list of potential problems that you are facing that you are trying to solve? Sure. I, I think there's probably two um, two main splits here in, in terms of the problem. The first one is that one of the, you know, the most popular and most effective ways of of acquiring users is through mobile ad networks. Um, and as I said, you know, the majority of these are still operated by real-time bidding exchanges. Um, and if you actually look at most of the sort of marketing communications on ad networks, it's all very much focused on how you can monetize your app using them. Um, so, you know, we're in a situation now where a very small handful of developers can actually afford to buy these installs and they're willing to pay two, three, four, you know, anything up to sort of ten dollars per install. Um, to get a user through application. And that's, that's great news um, to some extent for people which are making money from those ads. Um, but if you're actually looking to grow your app, it, it presents a huge problem because there's that massive barrier to entry um, which, which indie developers face. So I think 
you know, the, the answer which we're trying to provide is that, that organic um, sort of growth method through, through trading your own traffic. Um, but yeah, I think sort of the problem we have right now is, is yeah, that, you know, that, that barrier to entry is just so high. Um, I, I think another big problem off the back of it, obviously, is you can't afford to buy those in-stores. The first thing you naturally do is turn to, well, how can I increase my organic traffic? Um, and obviously, ASO is, is um, you know, app store optimization is a way which a lot of developers um, look, to, look to boost that in their app. Uh, but then, obviously, the problem which developers face here is that the platforms themselves, again, have absolutely no transparency, really, over what exactly, you know, works in app store optimization. Um, you know, I think due to the nature of the industry, we're very lucky that there's some extremely uh, innovative entrepreneurs out there which have, um, you know, built products and, and come up with um, some pretty good theories on how um, ASO does work. Um, but, but fundamentally, until the platforms actually open up and, and encourage developers to optimize, you know, their, their sales pages and their keywords, um, the, the true value of ASO is always going to be a little bit uh, subjective, I guess. Yeah, and while we're talking about ASO, I might as well remind uh, the listeners that uh, I am sponsored by uh, Gummy Cube, which has uh, data from the app stores. They're trying to solve that problem. But uh, I also wanted to pick you up on installs because is that still the big target for anyone looking to grow their app businesses, installs? I can imagine that uh, if uh, you're encouraging uh, installs, you know, what, what's the engagement like after, uh, you know, someone's clicked and uh, downloaded it? it, it is there, I'm, gu- I'm guessing there'll be a tail off in terms of the actual activity and the engagement fr- from that new user. Yeah, I, I mean, we're in a very interesting stage of, of mobile marketing at the moment. I think we, we had that sort of period between, say, 2009 and probably 2011, um, where everything was very install driven. Um, that's not to say it still um, you know, isn't today, but I think you had a lot of um, you know, services out there such as uh, app gratis and you know other services which provided in- incentivized um, install options where you know you could buy a large number of installs for a pretty cheap price in comparison to what's available now um, and over the sort of last 18 months to two years folks have very much shifted to you know like you said the value beyond just the install itself um, you know what are those users actually doing once they're within your app um, and the true value behind them so yeah, I, th- I think it's a very interesting stage for, for mobile marketing. I think um, you know, particularly if you are buying um, installs on ad networks, understanding the actual value you're getting from these is, is obviously hugely important. Yeah, and Dom, I just want to change gears slightly because uh, we have a lot of uh, want-to-be app entrepreneurs listening to this show, either uh, part of the Appster tribe looking to start uh, working for a startup or actually start their own company. And at the start, you mentioned that you are uh, venture capital backed and uh, you are, uh, you've are you kindly got some office space as a result of uh, your backer. I-, I wondered if you could talk us through how you actually managed to do that. You know, how, t- talk us through the process of, of how you ended up getting funded. Sure. I, I don't think there's probably any, um, any, any standard process to, to getting um, you know, VC backing as such. But I think um, ultimately it comes down to a lot of hard work and, and you know, validating your ideas. So, I mean, we, we actually started a journey of TapDAC uh, probably a little over two years ago now. Um, and we spent a good 12 months, um, the original sort of three co-founders, myself, Ted uh, and Nick, um, Ted CEO and Nick CTO, working out of cafes across London, uh, sharing our experience together. Um, and, and yeah, building up a, an MVP of our product um, and constantly testing our ideas with a very small but engaged community of developers. 
Um, so I think, yeah, my, my tips would be is if you are building a product um, or, or an application at the moment is, uh, yeah, definitely identify as early as possible what, what you believe your target audience to be um, and really try and connect with the problems. You know, if you're not experiencing them firsthand, then, then connect with your audience and really understand what it is that, you know, you are looking to solve here. Um, and the ideas which you generate on, you know, off the back of that have to be tested with that community and let them help shape the product. Um, because I think when it comes to raising money and speaking to VCs, one of the key things is that, you know, you are solving a problem. It's nice that you talk about problem solving because it's one of my big themes, uh, your episode 263, and it has been repeated time and time and time again. It's the one thing that we've learned is that you solve a real problem. And, uh, you know, it's nice to hear you reiterate that that's what VCs are looking for. Did you have any kind of presentation that you had to make? Did you put together like a, um, a pitch deck that you then had to present? Yeah, no, we, we had um, a fairly extensive deck um, which featured, yeah, you know, the, the problem which we'd identified uh, through sort of a combination of first-hand experience and, and community feedback as well. Um, our solution to that problem which we had, you know, a number of slides and also an actual product demo at this stage. Um, and yeah, a, along with the vision and, sort of, you know, a rough forecast. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much, I think, um, you know, one of the things which is underestimated is actually the team behind that product as well. Um, you know, the, the passion uh, and the experience is, is hugely important, I think, um, when, it, when it comes to raising VC money um, and, and having a team which does genuinely connect with that problem and the solution which you're building. I mean, it's just so great and inspirational to hear you speak about this, Dom, because there's a lot of uh, listeners out there who would love to, you know, get the chance to get, get in front of uh, potential investors. And, uh, you know, give us, um, try, try and reduce the myth for us. Is it like Dragon's Den or in the US it's called Shark Tank where you're, you know, you're standing up there, three of you, or all the co-founders are pitching your uh, deck and you're getting fired questions and you have to go through it. Is that, is that what you had to go through or was it a little bit more uh you know gentleman-like i think it varies from vc to vc um you know we we've had meetings which went on for you know entire mornings and we also had meetings which were sort of half an hour so i think each relationship is very different i think you know understanding the culture behind a, a vc is important um but yeah i mean i think fundamentally you know, all, all investors are, are looking for the same thing, and, and that is, you know, the, the size of a problem you're trying to solve, your solution to it, and, and like I said, how well connected you are with that, with that, um, you know, that market. So, yeah, I mean, depending on the environment, it, it is definitely, um, you know, if it's your first time around, an intimidating place to be. Um, and I'd advise, you know, speaking to other people that have done it before you start out on your journey. I think that's something that helped us hugely. Um, you know, we had a great set of um, sort of angel advisors on board um, and, and also spoke to a number of people across London as well, which had been through the sort of same journey which we were about to embark on. So I definitely encourage that um, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Dom, I have to pick you up as well on the fact that you've got these awesome co-founders. And another thing that came out from all these episodes that I've done is the importance of having the right co-founders, a good mix of uh, skill sets. So have you got any tips on on how to meet these co the co-founders or uh, you know what sort of co-founders you you actually put together the three um sort of original co-founders here i mean we, we very much see um you know we're a team of eight now we very much see all of us um as co-founders i think this sort of co-founder tag is something which applies company-wide um at our stage 
Um, but in terms of the yeah the, the original three of us, um, Ted and myself and Nick, we've actually known each other for nearly ten years now, um, and I. I guess very much through um, luck and fate, we've all sort of had that experience over the last 10 years, which has been unique and, and contributes to tap back in its own unique way. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I would definitely say that I'd, I'd never start out on a journey like this on my own. Um, and I know that everybody else here share, shares that sort of thought um, because, you know, there's, there's that old sort of saying that two brains are better than one. Um, and, you know, that you'll never cover every single problem or, or never be as strong um, if you you aren't connecting with people that share that passion, um, and I think you know it's something that we definitely recognise ourselves and been very lucky in that we've uh, yeah known each other for such a long time and have been able to bounce ideas backwards and forwards and, and help build a product together. Now, Dom, there's two things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. One is that uh, we we like either coming up with new ideas or just fleshing out ideas from particular pain points in your business. I, I wondered, firstly, if you just had offhand an idea you know you're all entrepreneurs in the same room you must have come up with a few ideas uh, but you know without the resources to kind of go after it uh, have you come up with uh, any more ideas for the app world yeah i mean you experience a lot of problems day to day um in this industry i think um you know fr from my own perspective as a marketer uh, if if somebody out there could streamline data a little bit better um and, and connect up you know, one one of the big problems we have, obviously, and I think it's the same across the internet, always has been, is that you're using two or three different analytics tools, and each one is always telling you different data. Um, so I, I'm not sure what the solution would be there, but that, that's something which I'd love to be able to address at some point. Um, but I think also what's an interesting problem for, for ad networks and for sort of developers in general is the SDK issue. Um, and we, we as a business use something called segments. Uh, which actually sort of takes a lot of the pain out of installing different pixels and different codes onto your website. Um, and it basically acts as one sort of uh, one, one tracking code which rules them all. Um, and we've been sort of theorizing quite a bit about it would be really cool if there was that option for developers. Um, you know, if you just had one sort of um, SDK which you could put into your app and then simply turn off and on um, all the other SDKs which went into it. Um, but I think the problem is at the moment is that obviously you're so dependent on, on all the technology that goes into that and all the other partners you work with. They don't need one SDK to fall out of date before that solution actually um, you know, breaks itself. So, yeah, I mean, we, we always theory, theorize about um, products we'd like to build and, and sort of, you know, problems out there. Um, but I think, you know, our, our focus is so much on TapDAC, we probably don't get enough time as we'd want to, you know, talk true blue sky, I guess. I can pick up on that as well as, you know, someone who's developed about 50 apps myself and I've used uh, various third-party tools in that whole process and uh, everyone has their own SDK and you have to, you know, obviously incorporate that into your own app to, to uh, make the most of these uh, other platforms and yeah, it can be just time consuming, you know, like learning the process and also with the Apple review pro the, the process that takes two weeks <laughs> or, or more that uh, it, it can be just uh, a bit of a hassle. So certainly uh, I think that's a big problem. If anyone listening has any solutions for us, then, you know, we're all ears. Uh, the final thing then, Dom, is that uh, this is the App Guy podcast. We love talking about apps. You're living in one of the best cities in the world, I have to say. I lived there for 10 years plus. And you must have one or two apps that you use in your business or personal life that you could recommend to us that, that are good uh, recommendations. Uh, do you have an app or two that you could suggest? Yeah, sure. I've, I've been just looking at my home screen now. I mean, Todoist is a new app which I've discovered recently. 
um, which is a probably one of the best to-do list apps I've I've found to date. Um, you know, if you're anything like any of us here at TapDeck, um, you probably go through a to-do list uh, app per month. Um, I, I've been going around for a long time trying to find one which actually you know sorts all of my uh, all of my tasks together, and it's definitely the best I've found to date. Um, so I use that on a daily basis, and I think Headspace is a really interesting application as well, um, which is something I never thought I'd, I'd use um, myself. But I, I've used Headspace; it's basically a, um, a meditation type app, um, and I use it around 5 p.m. every day just to sort of clear my head um, and refocus before I settle down to work for the evening. So that's one I'd definitely recommend checking out too. Have you gone for the um, premium version of that? No, I haven't yet. I've only been using it for um, for about a week or so. Um, so I'm just getting towards the end of the, I think it's a 10-day trial or so. You'll but, get, um, you'll yeah. get, you, you will be very hard to ignore all the emails that are coming your way <laughs> because there's a, a big push to getting you onto the premium. But it's wonderful app. I, I, I highly recommend it as well. So I'll put links to uh, those uh, in the show notes. So for everyone listening, it's uh, episode 263. Just go to theappguy.co and search out uh, Don Bratcher and you'll see that. Uh, well, this is great. Uh, do you feel like we covered everything on TapDAC? I know, it, I mean, it's. did you feel like we missed anything out? No, I, I think that pretty much covers off everything. I mean, we're we're at a hugely interesting stage right now um, as a company. I think as a, as mobile industries as a whole, um, you know, we're, we're super excited for the sort of next 12 months and, and to see, yeah, where, where the community takes us, I guess. I mean, as I said, we're very much community driven and, and we want to build a solution which, um, you know, really does answer problems um, which are currently out there. So, um, no, I, th- I think for now everything is, is pretty well covered. Well, Dom, thanks very much for joining us on the show. And uh, uh, as I say, there will be links uh, in your show notes. But how best to connect with you? What's the best way of reaching out? Sure, you can reach me um, via email. I'm happy to speak to any developers which, um, you know, just want to talk more about TapDAC or their apps in general. Um, my email is dom at tapdac.com. Um, or you can reach me on Twitter as well, uh, either, you know, my handle's Don Bratcher or via TapDAC's handle as well, which is just simply TapDAC. So, yeah, I'd be more than happy to speak to any of the developers which uh, just want to chat about their apps in general. Great. Okay, well, Dom, thanks very much for exciting. Uh, I'm very envious now the fact that you're based in King's Cross. I used to uh, work just around the corner from you. And, uh, in fact, I used to even just live around the corner from you at... Uh, uh, Lloyd Baker Street it was which is just opposite the Hotel Inn and uh, it, was a, it was a great time there and then uh, in Clerkenwell so what, what a great life you've got ahead of you and thanks very much for sharing your uh, early story No problem, no thank you and yeah you're welcome to pop down and visit anytime